Um, okay, so uh, so last week we began we began a new mitzvah, learning a new sugya of the isra, the prohibition of taking collateral from a person that owes uh, from a loyva, from a borrower, from a person in debt. Bizraya taking it by force. That's what we talked about. The prohibition of taking mashkin bizraya. So that's what we spoke about. Um, it's ba- again just a chazer for a few minutes, the basic concept, and then we'll we'll move on a little bit within that that you cite. So it's coming from a pasuk, you don't have this in front of you, but it's coming from a pasuk in Parshas Kiseitze. Again, tups, a couple psukim. Again, the pasuk is Kisasha Baryacha Mashas Muma. If you if you lend your friend any amount of money, again, regardless of the amount of money, regardless of whether he's rich or poor, it's nothing to do with that. And comes a time of payment and he's not paying. And so what you want to do now is to take a mashkin, to take a collateral. You're not allowed to go into his home to take the mashkin. You're not allowed to go into his home to take the mashkin. Rather, you have to remain on, outside the house. And the person that, that owes you the money, he has to bring the mashkin to you on the outside. Now, that's, that's the Pasuk. The way Chazal interpret this Pasuk is that, again, the aside, the fundamental concept is, is that one is not allowed to take a mashkin by force from another Jew. Uh, we spoke about the details of this last week. This is limiting not only, it's certainly limiting the malva, the borrower himself. He's not allowed to take the mashkin from the person's home. And we saw, according to Chazal, that he's not even allowed to take the mashkin by force outside the person's home, right? So in the home, you're not allowed to take it, even if the guy's not there. You know, you can't just like, you know, sneak into his house, unwittingly uh, take a collateral, which technically... Monetarily speaking, you would be able to, right? Because the guy owes you the money. You have the right to do such a thing. But you're not allowed to enter his home to take a mashkin, even if you're not, you know, knocking him against the wall and enforcing him. You can't go into his home to take the mashkin. And even outside the home, if, if you happen to find a piece of, an object that he owns, you, you can theoretically take it, but you can't take it by force off the person, you know, mamish uh, outside the home. So we're limiting the malva. We saw also, even last week, even Besden has limitations as well, when Bezdin comes and uh, is going to collect collateral for it on your behalf, even they can't do it from within the person's home. They could do it by force outside of his home. But from within the person's home, they're not allowed to do that. That's the basic thing that we, that we saw. That's the basic Pusik. Now, what we, what we saw last week was um, different interpretations, different sheets within the Rishonim, what the fundamental... Yes, well, I think we have, uh, we have extra... Yeah, we got to play anymore. So we saw from the Rishonim what the fundamental side of this mitzvah was. And in a certain sense, it boils down to really two camps. And that's really what we're going to be focused on a little bit more tonight. Basically two concepts, two camps of how to view this prohibition. On the one hand, you can view this prohibition is that this is a prohibition that limits everyone. You know, it, it, you could collect your debt, you could collect collateral, and Besni can collect collateral. But this is a new prohibition that's limiting the, the ability to do so by everybody. So the, the Malva can't go into the person's home. Bezdin can't go into the person's home. The Malva can't even do it out to the person's home by force. It's just basically limiting the ability to collect collateral. And possibly, one, one explanation for that would be, as we mentioned last week, it's just Rechmanis, it's Midas Rachman. We have many, there's many mitzvahs, Bez Hashem, over the coming weeks, we'll see a bunch of them. There's a lot of other mitzvahs and prohibitions revolving around this Indian of collecting debts. And if you just read the Psukim, it, 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 the, 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 the sense that you get from reading the psukim is that a lot of these halachas are rooted in Rachmanas. So for example, again, we're not going to go into this tonight, but the next Pasuk talks about 
when you can't, in, in ways that you're allowed to collect collateral, if the person is a poor person, there are certain things that even for a poor person, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to take from him things that he needs. And the way the Pasuk conveys that is, you're taking his soul when you collect collateral objects that he needs to use. There's a certain sense of rachmanis that you have to have, even when you're dealing with a person that owes you money. So that could be one mahalach, one approach in understanding this mitzvah, which is, it's, it's rachmanis-based, it's benodim lachavira-based, and because of that, we're limiting how aggressive you're allowed to be with taking collateral. That's one approach. The other approach that we saw is different. It's not Rachmanis based. It's not just limiting your you or Bezin's ability to collect collateral out of Rachmanis for the person that owes the money. Rather, the fundamental you saw it is that this is a Bezin Indian. This is a Bezin Indian. This is something that's that's that should be dedicated and 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 set aside for Bezin to take care of. And and even within that approach, and that's the fundamental concept of why you as the as the lender even though technically and monetarily speaking, you should be able to go in and collect the collateral that you're owed, we don't allow you to do that, not because we have Rachmanis on the guy that owes you the money, that's not the point. The point is, this has to be something that's given to Bezdin, Bezdin should be handling this. Now what we saw is that even within that world, that base medrash that views this, not from Rachmanis, but more of, this is a Bezdin issue, and it's their jurisdiction, what we saw was, an extreme, in the, in the opinion of the Rambam, which is not only is this something that you're not allowed to handle, you have to allow Bezdin to do, even Bezdin has to do it, uh, even Be- it has to be seen, the, the collecting of the collateral has to be seen as something that's happening in Bezdin. So even though you're not literally in the courthouse and it's the met- officer of the court that's handling this for you, but the officer of the court has to be seen as an extension of the court himself. And that's so it's in other words, fundamentally it's a Bezdin Indian. It's a Bezdin Indian. That was the, the idea that we saw. Now what we're, we're gonna see tonight is 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 a, there's an interesting machlekis in the Achreinim, uh, revolving around this mitzvah, this this prohibition that we're talking about. And I think, simply put, it really falls in line with these two camps. Is this fundamentally a Rachmanis Dika prohibition, rooted in Rachmanis, and it just limits everyone's ability to aggressively take uh, collateral? Or the concept is this is a Bezdin issue, leave it to Bezdin. And you should not get involved if Bezdin is the one that's there to take care of it. So, it's like this. The, the, in Marmokka number one, this is a piece from the Ksais, the famous uh, great Ksais HaChoshin, one of the great Achreinim. So in Simon Dalit in Choshin Mishpat, he talks about the following scenario. We know, a little, a little background, we know that when it comes to uh, when a court case is going on, so let's say Reuven comes to, Reuven and Shimon come to court, and Ruvain says, Shimon borrowed $100 from me, so he owes me $100. And Shimon denies it, says, it's not true, it uh, never happened, I don't owe the money. Okay, so Bezdin, so you gotta, Ruvain has to, has to show something, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta show something. If it's just random two people, I say you owe me money, you say you don't. Bezdin's like, okay, so Shalom Aleichem, you know, uh, we have nothing to do over here. So what, what can Ruvain do to prove that Shimon owes him money. So there's all sorts of things. He could bring witness, witnesses, he could bring a star, a document that, that indicates that the guy owed him money, something. Or in the very, very least, there's a concept in Allah, we're not going to get into too much detail of this because it's, it's vast. There are certain tainas. Even if let's, so let's say Reuben doesn't have witnesses, and he doesn't have a star. So what could he possibly do? So the one last thing that theoretically Reuben can do to at least force Bezin to investigate, 
that there should be some dintoir over here. Because again, two people come to Vezdin and Reuven says he owes me money and Shimon says, nothing doing, it's not true. And there's no proof, there's no nothing. The court didn't even, be, there's no court case, there's nothing to talk about. The Vezdin won't even investigate the issue. So Reuven has to have something to at least start the process. So there is such a thing that Reuven can claim, which is a migu. What's a migu? A migu is, uh, is, a, is, a, is a certain argument, a, de, a, a device, so to speak, an argument that that will compel Besden to take his argument seriously. And amigo means that instead of claiming X, I could have claimed Y. And if I claimed Y, I would for sure have power. And the fact that I'm not claiming Y, I'm claiming X, proves my point, right? So that's what amigo is. Amigo, since I could have claimed this other claim, and if I claimed that, then I would have uh, ground to stand on, and now I'm not, so that's a little sort of, we'll say it in a simple way, that sort of proves my point. See, I'm a trustworthy guy, because if I wanted to lie, then I could have lied that. I could have done a much greater lie. That's the concept. So what's a case of amigo? So a case of amigo is like this. Let's say Reuven comes into Bezdin, and he says, Shimon owes me $100. Shimon says, no, it's not true. I don't know what you're talking about. Bezdin says, no, you have any proof. There's no star, there's no Aiden. But Reuven says, but here, I do have something like this. In my car, I have Reuven's... Uh, Ruvain's, I don't know, what's an expensive thing? I have Ruvain's computer in my car. And, it, and everyone agrees it's Ruvain's computer. It says on it, this is Ruvain's computer. How do I have Ruvain's computer? He, he, he asked me to watch it uh, over the weekend when he went away. If I was a liar, and if I was a Ganif, then you know what I would do? i just hold on to his computer. But I'm not doing that. I'm claiming that what? That he owes me $100. So if I so so that so in other words, my claim over his hundred dollars is strong now. Why? Because if you're just calling me a liar and you don't want to acknowledge my claim, then I I would just drive home with his computer and finished. The fact that I have an object of his which I can theoretically hold on to and no one will be able to say anything because it's in my car and it's in my house and I could just rip off the sticker that says it's Shimon's and finished. But I'm not doing that. I'm claiming that he owes me hundred dollars. So you should listen to my time. That's called amigo. That's called amigo. So the following case is interesting. Let's say Ruvain knows that Shimon owes him $100. I know Shimon owes him $100, but I know I don't have aid them. I don't have witnesses. I don't have Ishtar. Can I go and just take one of his objects to put myself in this position where I could have a meal? I know it's it's true. Like Between me and God, I know Shimon owes me money, and I know he's going to deny it. But I know that if I, you know, take his computer and put it in my car... I'll be able to get my hundred dollars. I'm not. I'm not going to steal this computer. I'm just using it as a tactic to be able to have a time. So you're allowed to do such a thing. So take a look at Marmaka number one. So this is a ksayis in Simon Dalit in Shulchan Aruch. So Hashach he quotes the Shach, the great, uh, the great Achron, the Shach, the Sefer Tukvakayin, and one of the Shach's farm. The Shach is known for his commentary in Chayyish on Shulchan Aruch, but he had a, another Sefer called Tukvakayin. So in his Sefer Tukvakayin Hella, the Shach comes out Halachalamaisa. That if it's clear to Ruvain what the truth is. In other words, Ruvain knows what the truth is, that Shimon owes him $100. And he knows with absolute clarity and certainty that, that Shimon's going to deny it. And he knows that if Shimon denies it, he has nothing, there's no proof, there's no nothing. So it's a mistake. Says the Shach, he would be allowed to take one of Shimon's objects to just give him the ability to have a migo, to give him ground to stand on, to claim the $100 that he's rightfully owed. The shach, you're allowed to do such a thing. Okay. The near pasha. So set, that's the that's the shach. Comes the ksais, and the ksais says 
Says the Shach, let's think about this for a second. How, in what, what's the context over here? What does it mean that Shimon owes him $100? If Shimon <laughs> owes him $100 because Ruven lent him money, so conceptually, says Exois, by Ruven going and taking Shimon's computer and putting it in his car to give him now Amigu to collect his debt, that's basically taking collateral. It's basically taking a mashkin. Right, what's the difference? So I take a mashkin from you. One second, I take a mashkin from you. And that is now forcing you to give me the money. That's basically what's going on over here. So says the Ksais, if that's the scenario, then you, then you wouldn't be allowed to do that, to enter into his home and to take his computer, because that would be a violation of this prohibition of a malve going into Leva's home and taking a mashkin. So says the Ksais, near a pasha, therefore it must be that when the Shach says this ruling that you can take his computer you know, and, uh, and use it for amigu, it must be in a case of what? Of where you're avoiding this prohibition. How, how would you avoid the prohibition? So for example, let's say Ruven owes you, Shimon owes him money not because of a loan. Like we mentioned uh, last week, that this prohibition is only when the, when the money's owed because of a loan. If the guy owes you money because you worked for him, or you know, he owes you rent, or whatever the situation is, other things that are not based on a loan, then this prohibition doesn't apply. Or another scenario would be, let's say, I see his computer outside the house, and he's just, he left it there. So that's not, that also wouldn't be a violation of this prohibition. So says the Ksais, it has to be in those situations. Avul halva, but if it's straightforward halva, right, and the, the object that I want to take to make the migu is in the guy's home, take where there's a prohibition to take a mashkin, then then certainly the shach wouldn't say such a thing. I wouldn't be allowed to grab his object. Because you're not allowed, a malva is not allowed to take a mashkin by force. Like the Gemara Bar-Metziah says, like we saw last week. Taking it by force, he wouldn't be allowed to do even, even outside. Now says the Ksais, very easy, Rabbi Mishachmen and he says, but the truth is, I've seen many people that are chachamim, ibr chachamim. They're very smart. They know a little shach here and there. And they, uh, they use this as a tactic. Litzvais mechaver ezechefitz. To use this. And they grab objects from people that owe them money. In order that they should have a better taina in Bezdin. Kaidim ba'udin. Before they go to Bezdin. V'lav shaper avdi. But in, again, in some situations it's okay. But if it's a case of halva and you're taking the object from the person's home or by force... Lav shaper avdi. That's incorrect. and you could be violating a prohibition from the Torah. And wadei tvisa, if you're doing it by force. So says the shach. So that that would be. So says excise. The, the shach is, is correct, but, but but certainly you can't violate this prohibition in order to do that. That's the excise's point. What's interesting is you're, you're gonna ask something. I was gonna say, does the, would a migui work if saying that I have the laptop as collateral in my car? That wouldn't work as a migui, right? Um, it would work. You could say, say like because I could theoretically just. Pretend this never happened to just keep the laptop. That's a much stronger Look, here's my collateral for the loan that I gave you. No, it's not proof. It's not proof. It doesn't say on, on, on it, this is collateral for the loan. It's just, it just says, it's, how did I get it? Because he, he, he lent it to me, or, or he's going away. He wanted me to ask it. He's saying, I'm hold, I'm u- the fact that, I'm, that I have it in, in my house, I'm, I'm using that as, as, as proof that clearly I'm not a lawyer, and, and it backs up my claim. But I'm not trying to collect a debt from it. I'm just trying to use it as, as a, as a bargaining it, chip. If it was an actual mashkin, how would the claim look different? Not the meat, you say, he owes me money, and here's the proof, I have a laptop. That's collateral. There wouldn't be a proof. I mean, that, that, conceptually, it's the same idea. 
the point is, usually Mashkin is, we know the guy owes you money, and now Bezin says, okay, so give him collateral in order to collect it at some point, to put pressure on him. So this is all the sheet of excise. Okay, Mitzad Shani. There's another one of the great Acharyim called the Sharha Mishpat. In Marmokka number two, also in Simon Dalad and Chesha Mishpat, he also quotes this Shach, that, that Reuven would be allowed to take the guy's laptop in order to create the Migu for himself. But he does not give the limitations of excise. Says the Sharha Mishpat nearly, the Hecha if again, Shivman is, it, let's say it's a case of, of halva, it's a case of a loan. The case that the, that the Ksais was trying to avoid. It's a case of a loan. And Shimon is denying it. And Ruve knows he's going to deny it. And Ruve knows he has no way to, to, you know, to, 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 to collect it at all. To convince Bezdin to look into it. According to the Shach, it will be permissible for Ruve to go into the guy's home and to take the laptop as a mashkin in order, or whatever you want to call it, in order to uh, create this migu, in order that he should have this claim of like, see, I could have, I could have uh, claimed the laptop to be mine to begin with, and I'm not, so it's a backup, it, so it backs up my claim that he owes me the money. Because even though he, he addresses the excise issue, even though usually there's a prohibition of what? Of taking collateral from someone's home, by force even, right? In order to to use it as a as a bargaining chip to force him to pay the, to pay up the debt. That's only true when when you have some where 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 where, where this uh, where you can uh, you, you could at least get bezdin to compel the person to give you the mashkin. Bezdin could be involved. But in this case, where Ruve knows that there's nothing to do, bezdin never he's not, bezdin's not going to investigate the case. They're not going to open the case. They're going to completely ignore me. And Bezdin is not going to be able to do anything, and they're not going to have any, uh, any motivation to investigate. You can take care of it yourself. So this is the Machlokas. In a scenario, again, let's think about this for a second. A scenario, the average case is, again, we know, the average case is, Ruven has proof that Shimon owes him money. He has Edim, he has a star, and Bezdin knows it. And now the question is, he's, the guy's not paying the debt. So now you want to get collateral. So then the normal situation is this prohibition. You can't go in by force. You get Bezin to do it. Even Bezin is limited. But, you know, but we're talking about a case of where there's clear proof that Reuven can bring that Shimon owes him money. Now we have a new scenario. There's no, Reuven knows Shimon owes him money, but there's no way for Reuven to prove it. And the only way, and Bezin's not going to get involved, the only thing Reuven can do is get this collateral in order to, uh, to give himself a, a taina. So you have this machlek, the Ksai says, he's not allowed to do it, there's still a prohibition in place. And the Shara Mishpat says, no prohibition in this case, you can do it. What's the, what's the issue? Yeah. According to the Shara Mishpat, it's specifically when, only when you're doing it as, as, an, as to, have, to have the migu, or what if, Sama, a guy owes me money and I, I have no proof, I'll just go into, I'll just go into his house and take, take, so, his, take, his, take collateral, because I know he's not going to pay me back. Forget about the migu. Like, yeah, so theoretically it would be the same thing. Because the the same thing. Does, does the Yisra does not apply if Bezdin... If there's nothing, if there's nothing that uh, is com- that that could allow Bezin to get involved in the scenario in the case, so what's the Yisad Machlokes? When there's when there's something that right exactly, so what's the Yisad? Right, 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 and then 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 there's we'll we'll see in a second how how Bezin will go about doing it. Bezin has their ways, but the fundamental Yisad I think is basically boiling down to the two ways of thinking about this prohibition that we started with. Again, we started with two ways of thinking. Is this a prohibition that is fundamentally limiting everyone's scope and it's fundamentally rooted in Rachmanis? 
there's, 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 there's rules about how to collect loans. There's rules how to collect collateral. That's just the way it is. Maybe it's out of compassion. Maybe you want to call it exercise. But it's just limiting your ability to collect. Well, in that case, then the Ksais is absolutely right. This is a prohibition that's in place on everybody. It's a prohibition on Besdin. It's a prohibition on the one that lends the money. You're not allowed to collect collateral to compel a person to pay the debt by force. It's all finished. You have proof. You have other proofs. What's different? There's a prohibition in place. But if you say that the fundamental you said of the prohibition is, this is not your Indian. This is Besdin's Indian. This is Besdin's Indian. This is beyond your jurisdiction. Regular scenarios, you want to you you collect your rent? Do it. Collecting loans, leave it to Bezdin. Well, says the Shara Mishpat, okay, but that's in a case of where Bezdin is able to get involved. But if you're talking about a scenario where Bezdin can't get involved, their hands are tied. There's nothing that Reuven can do to open a, open a case in Bezdin. So then says the Shara Mishpat, well, this Allah won't apply. I mean, the whole prohibition is fundamentally rooted on this assumption, which is that Bezdin can get involved. And once this is a case, this is a scenario that is at least something that's under the jurisdiction of Bezdin, so then we said, comes the prohibition and says, and leave it to Bezdin. Don't take matters into your own hands. But if this is not a matter that's, uh, that, that Bezdin can get involved with, then the prohibition is not discussing that scenario. Says the Sharmish, but and then you can get involved yourself. So this is the aside. Says the Sharmish, because the fundamental idea of the prohibition is leave it to Bezdin, well, uh, th- then that's that's assuming that this is a scenario that Bezdin can, can, can get involved in. And they could somehow figure out ways to compel the guy. They could at least catch him when he's holding a laptop outside and get the laptop from him. They could do something. But if, if, if this is a scenario Bezdin can't get involved because Reuven has no proof of anything, then, 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 then the, the prohibition of leave it to Bezdin obviously doesn't apply. This is not a Bezdin Indian. There's nothing they can do to open the case. So then do it by yourself. So this machlok is between the and the chesh and the and the shara mishpat fundamentally is rooted on this Indian. Is this a bezdin dika? Is this prohibition basically saying leave it to court? But that's assuming that court can get involved. Or no, there's nothing to leave it to court. This is a stam. There's a prohibition of rachmanis. You're not allowed to take collateral from someone for a debt by force. Finished. I don't care why or who bezdin not bezdin. This is a prohibition on everybody. And in that case, I don't care if bezdin is getting involved or not. You're not allowed to do such a thing. That's excise. That's the fundamental machlok. Now, just to show a little bit even more, you know, until now, so we're painting a picture where, where, like, okay, so what happens? So, so, so what's going to be? Like, okay, so Ruvain, Ruvain uh, has witnesses, let's say, or he has a dog. He, he proves that Shimon owes him money. And it's time to pay. And Shimon's not paying. So he goes to court. And the court says, Shimon has to pay. Or at least you're allowed to collect the collateral. And Shimon's like, I'm not, I'm not giving it. So, so if you think about it, like, Bezdin's very limited. <laughs> what can they do right now? So if they catch Shimon, like, outside his home with something, or you know, if they catch him, if, let's say, Shimon has his car in the driveway, I mean, the driveway might be in his rishos, I don't know, yeah, on, the, on the car on the street, or his, whatever it is, he has a boat somewhere, whatever it is. So fine. So Bezdin can take things by force outside the guy's home. But if the person doesn't have uh, stuff outside his home, and all of his property is in his house, so everyone's limited. The Malva can't do anything. Bezdin can't do anything. More than that, we're going to see in a second how limiting this, this halacha is. Not only is the malva or even bezdin not allowed to enter into the person's home to take something, they're not even, we're going to see in a second, they're not even allowed to enter into the person's home to scare him or to even talk to him about this. Take a look, take a look at Maramokka number three. So this is a, this is a, a line from the Ramah in Shulchan Aruch and Chesh Mishpat, Simen Tzadi Zayin. 
In Tzadi Zion, that's where a lot of these halachas are talked about. And says the Ramah, a huge chumrah, says the Ramah Haggah, V'afilu malva. Let's say the malva comes to Bez and he says, listen, we all know Shimon owes me money. We all, I, I proved that months ago. And we all know that it's time for him to pay and he's not paying. I just want collateral. And I know, says Ruvain, you guys can't go into his house to take it. I know that. And I know that he doesn't have a car and you know, he has no property outside. Everything's in his house. So, what, so all I'm asking you, says Reuven, Reuven says to Bezin, I'm just asking you, go into his house and just take inventory. Just take inventory of everything he owns. And then, at some point, maybe when I make the arrangements with him, he won't be able to then claim, oh, I don't have any money. Just, just figure, at least do that. Says the Ramah, even if the Malva's request is nothing more than just for Bezdin or to allow him entrance into the Leiva's home, the borrower's home, just to take stock and inventory, that I should see if, if he has funds, and then maybe I'll try, to, I'll try to talk to his cousin, that his cousin should talk to him. Something, just uh, I should be able to have something to, to, to say. Even that we won't allow. Now it's interesting, where do we get that from? It's one thing, you're not going to his home to take collateral, I get that, but just to, talk, to, look, to look around, so if you take a look at Maramukha number four, the Sma, it's one of the great Acharenim also on the Shulchan Aruch, and he explains the source of the Ramah. It's very interesting. He says, Midak And it's a diak from the Pasuk. The, again, you don't have the Pasuk in front of you, but just I'll read it to you outside. The Pasuk says again, uh, If you owe, uh, if you lend someone some money, You're not let to enter his home to take the Mashkin. Rather, you have to stay outside. And the person that borrowed, that owes the money, he brings the mashkin out to you. Says the Sma, I don't understand. If the scenario is that the loyve is giving you the mashkin, then why, then why do you have to be outside? In other words, all the Pasuk has to say is, don't go into his home to take the mashkin, let him give it to you. But it doesn't just say that. It says, don't go into his home to take the mashkin, he has to give it to you, but you have to be outside. The indication is that even if he's giving you the mashkin, you're not even allowed to be in his home to compel that. Anything that's relevant to receiving a mashkin has to happen outside. It cannot happen inside. Even if it's something as, as benign and as subtle as just taking inventory, that's already, that's already a violation of b'chutz tamlid, of remaining outside while the mashkin is presented to you. So that's how limited this is. That forget, forget taking the mashkin. That's, a fear, that's, that's real prohibition. But even if you're not taking the mashkin, you're just trying to compel the situation where he'll give it to you, you can do that only from the outside. Even that you can't do on the inside. So if you want to take binoculars and try to you know, spy in the guy's house you know, to figure out what he has, that's fine. But you can't do it inside the house. Says the Sma. Says this man, midak pida Torah, from the fact that Torah is makbid v'kasva, and it writes that bechutz tamid, that even when the loyv is giving you the mashkin, you have to remain outside. Mashma the knisa letzarech avot, entering into the home for the purposes of getting the collateral. Afilu loyavik daisa, even if it's not by force. Us. More than this, the chavetz chaim in Marmuk number five, the chavetz chaim in his sefer Abbas Chesed, based on this concept, goes further than the Ramah. Not only are you now allowed to enter into his home to take stock and inventory of what he has to eventually use that against him, says the Chavetz Chaim, I feel the harvest of Sham B'dvarim. Even if I want to go into his home and I want to just yell and scream at him, I want to try to convince him and compel him to give me the mashkin, 
you're not allowed to do that in his home. And again, I'm not going to take it by force. It's not my kavana. I just want to, I want to get him to give it to me. And I want to convince him with language, with words. Even that you're not allowed to do in the person's home. The conversation has to be done outside. And the person can give you the mashkin, but, but you can't do it by force on any level. Now, now again, first of all, again, just to, to make this clear, if the loiva on his own without being asked, without being compelled, wants to give the mashkin, and he just, you know, the only place he can meet is in his home, then that's fine. We're talking about where you're trying to get it from him. Maybe it's by force, or maybe it's by, uh, you know, trying to coercion. When you're trying to do it, that can't be in the, in the guy's home. If he, uh, if he wants to give out on his own, that's fine. But if there's any level of force or coercion or compelling, it cannot be done in the person's home. So the, and that's true again, that's true for the Malva, and that's true for Bezdin too. So, so Bezdin's pretty limited over here. Again, if they find the guy's property outside, they can take it. But if, if there's no property outside, then it's, everyone's pretty limited. So the question that the Rishonim deal with is, okay, so, so, so what happens if the guy doesn't have any property outside? He might just get away, get away scot-free from this. Is there an option of Kodal and Gavar? So that's something that the Rishonim deal with. They, 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 they don't talk about the language of Kodal and Gavar, but it's Ovid in Ishtin Lanafshe. It's a similar idea of taking matters into your own hands, but this halach is limiting that. Specifically, Bezin takes a vaccine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, called uh, on But over here, this is limiting. This is limiting to everyone. Even the Malva is limited. The Malva is even more limited than Bezin Tanisa. So this is the question that Rishonim deal with, which is okay. So Lamaisa, like, so so what's what's going to be if Shimon just, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm staying in my home. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not bringing anything out. <laughs> That's it. Finished. So what do you do? So take a look at Marmok number six. So this is a rush in Bamitsia. Okay, Bamitsia Paraktes, Simimem Vav. And this is a Chiddush from the Rosh. And this is going to transition us back into Pnimis a little bit. Tema asks the Rosh. So if Bezin doesn't find this guy outside his home, right, and he doesn't find any property, how could they how could they compel him? Practically speaking, how could they get the money out of Shimon? So you're going to tell me they can never. Paying up a loan is a mitzvah. And one of the obligations of Bezin is to enforce mitzvahs. And Bezin has a responsibility to enforce people to keep mitzvahs. So in other words, so, so the rush is making it more of like a halachic question, not just like, Stam, how, could, how could this be? Like, halachically, how could Bezin fulfill their obligation of compelling someone to keep the mitzvah of paying back a debt if they're limited, they can't do anything about it. So what's the? So what do we do? So says the Rosh, a huge chiddush. Ulapirsha Says the Rosh, with the commentary of Rebbeinu Tam, it's okay. What does Rebbeinu Tam say? The Mefarish says Rebbeinu Tam a chiddush. The Mari Says the Rebbeinu Tam a huge chiddush that this entire prohibition, with all of its details, everything that we've been talking about, is only when the object that you want to collect is not going to be used for payment itself. It's only for collateral or to use it as a bargaining chip, something. But you don't, you're not interested in actually collecting your debt from this object. That's when the prohibition kicks in. El Shoretz Lees Patuch Moisev. You want an insurance policy. You want the collateral. That was the whole situation. The time has come for the debt to be collected. But, but you're, not, you're not forcing the, the collection of the debt. You just want collateral. That's when this prohibition kicks in. 
But if you're trying to get what? To get, uh, to get what you call it? His case. Payment, right. Payment, says Rabbi Natan, that's, that's a classic mitzvah of payment, uh, uh, payment of is the mitzvah. Bezin enforces, they go in, they break the door down, they beat you up, finished. So it's really up to you. If you want collection, then all bets are off. If you want a mashkin, then you're limited. So Chiddush from Rabbi Natan. So that's the Machlagis. There are different versions of this Rabbeinatan. The way the Rush quoted it is from the context he's talking about Bezdin. Because the question started off with the, the obligation of Bezdin to enforce mitzvahs and says Rabbeinatan. If it's for collection, they can do it. Other Rishonim, when they quote this Rabbeinatam, they say it across the board. Forget Bezdin, you yourself can also go in and to collect your debt. So that, that seems to be... And then the question is like, okay, what, does the Rush mean not like the other Rishonim? But th- there's different Nishchais in Rabbeinatam. How do we tax Isn't it article of clothing? No, so, so that's what we're going to see in the Pneumus over here. Avot Pajit means a mashkin. It means, uh, so it means collateral. That's the next, the next Pasuk is about that. That will be the next message that we'll talk about. That's something else. But this is talking about something, uh, any object, rich or poor, it doesn't make a difference. But it's a mashkin. And again, that's where Rabbi Natan is coming from. The Pasuk says mashkin. Right? Mashkin means, simply put, I'm not trying to collect your debt from it. This is a bargaining chip, collateral. It's an insurance policy. That, that's where the Pasuk is limited. Now, what's interesting is in Maramukha number 7, the Namukha Yosef, one of the Rishonim as well, from the base Medrash of the Ramban, Raj, but the Sradisha Rishonim, so he quotes, in fact, a machlekis about this. So if you take a look, what he says again, there's also in Bab Metziah, Samach Tesem Ebeis, B'tshuva Sarif. So first, the Mukhi Yosef quotes a tshuva from Benis Lekofasi from the Rif, which the Rif doesn't really clearly say it 100%, but it definitely sounds like Rabbi Natam. And the Rif says like this, If the life of the borrower is a tough guy, and he's a, a no-goodnik, you know what I mean? He's not doing the right thing. Umay is panim milafrayim. He's chutzvedik, and he's not—he's not paying. He's pasha not paying. So mutali konis lebeisai ladas as mitzvaynov. I feel that they shliach akum. Then in that situation that he's not—he's not paying. And again, the riff is not hundred percent clear, but most likely it means and you want to get paid. And that's the—that's the, the like the language that he's saying. He's not—he's not paying. In other words, and you want him to get paid. And you want to get paid. So then you go into his home and take it and finish. Do what you, do what you have to do. So in other words, that's the way the Rishonim quote this. They quote it in conjunction with Rabbi Natan. That's probably how they understood the riff, meaning that uh, if the guy's not paying and that's what you're interested in doing, these limitations don't apply. For the Russian Rabbi Natan, they can't hold Rachmanis as the star, right? Well, that, that's what we're going to see. It, it, it's, if it's Rachmanis, it's a little yeah, bit hard to say. Unless you make the argument that there's, also, there's always two sides to every story. Rachmanis on him, what about Rachmanis on me? So it's one thing if I'm just trying to collect collateral. Okay, but I, I need to get paid. So my, my children, you know, my family's starving. So it's like, <laughs> I got Rahmanis on him. He, he, he's, the, he's the one doing something wrong. I'm the victim, right? Yeah, so like, that, you know, it's one of those things, like it's part of human nature that, the, the, that we always tend to, to, to have Rahmanis on the guy that, on the person that's, that's something being taken from them, right? Like, the, you know, the 1%, they're the uh, terrible, you know, and it's the uh, you know, you know, if, he, he worked hard for his money. So, and, 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 and he gave of himself to Moser Nefesh to lend money, and now he needs the money back, so why is Rachmanes on him more than me? So again, if it's, a matter of, if it's a matter of just collateral, okay, so fine. So maybe, you know, cause I'm, if I'm just collateral, it means I'm not desperate yet, 
I don't really need the money yet. I just want to fly. Then you have Rahmanas. But if it's, uh, so it says there's no Rahmanas on me if I need the money. So I guess you can make that argument. But that's the sheet of Rabinatam and possibly the riff. Huh? Maybe, yeah, yeah. So and again, the Xerxes Kassas don't get, I mean, sometimes they do, but you know. But uh, that's the Shuvah the Rift. Now it says the Muk Yosef in the second line, though, in the last Marmokim, the Sefer Atshumas Kassav, however, he records from a Sefer Atshumas. Also, one of the, um, one of the, there's two, there's, there's, there's a couple Sefer Atshumas. There's one that's Ashkenaz and one that's Sfar. This is a Sfar one. So Kassav, he writes, Ain Lasses came. That, no, that's, that's, that's incorrect. Rabbeinu, not, not Rabbeinu Tam, not the Rift. The limita- this prohibition applies even to payment. You're not allowed to do such a thing. Ella, what, what is a scenario where Bezin can go and Mamish just break the guy's door down and get the money? Tzedakumas, taxes, collecting tzedakas that the city is obligated to pay, not, not loans. Because those are not loans. There's no prohibition in those cases. But when it comes to a loan, that we have a clear prohibition of what? Of going to the person's home and taking the collateral. Says the Sefer Chumas, again, so the Sefer Chumas is disagreeing and saying, no, 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 this limitation, this prohibition, even though the Pusik says Amashkin, it doesn't mean only, it means even collateral. Although more so, you can't uh, collect the debt uh, by force, it applies to everything. So, what, so, so according to Sefer Chumas, so what could, uh, what could be done? Says the Sefer Chumas, you're right, you're very limited with what can be done. The only thing that Bezin can do is lak or hamitzvah. There are scenarios where Bezdin, according to the timing and according to the situation, Bezdin has the right to violate mitzvahs for the sake of society functioning. And that would be the only thing Bezdin is allowed to do. So there is no heter, really. There's just violating the mitzvah, if need be, for the sake of society. And says the Zevrat Shumas, that could only, should only be done with great severity and seriousness. And Bezin has to make sure they're doing this L'Shem Shemayim, not just to show their strength. There is such an idea. That you can have scenarios where Bezin will give punishments and enforce their rulings against Allah because that's a, that's a situation that's necessary for that moment. And that will be what you're allowed to do. But just to go in because there's a time of payment that you're not allowed to do. And again, what, so what, what could happen? If Bezdin determines in this particular situation, if we allow Shimon to get away with it, Levi's going to abuse it, and Yudah's going to abuse it, and it's not going to be good for, for, for the Kalal, okay, then they could violate the mitzvah and do what they have to do, because Bezdin has that right sometimes, like Hirasha, to do something that the Kalal needs. But you're right, there's no, there's no, there's no halachic like heter built into this, really. It, it doesn't work like that. That's the, now, halachic lemaisa, the Shulchan Aruch quotes Rabbeinu Tam. The Shulchan Aruch in Chayshim Mishpat quotes Rabbeinu Tam as Yesh Aymrim. The Shulchan Aruch doesn't quote any dissenting view, which is there are those that say the Heter Rabbeinu Tam, that if you're trying to collect it as payment, it can be done by force. And it, again, he quotes it as a Yesh Aymrim. Whenever the Shulchan Aruch quotes something as a Yesh Aymrim, so you always have to see if it, if it quotes a dissenting view. If it quotes a dissenting view, then the, the opinion that it quotes as those that say, is not going to be held so strong. But if there's no dissenting view, then usually the, the assumption is that, that the Shulchan Aruch quotes it as a Yeshan, because literally, not everyone says it. It's Rabbi Natan. But not to, it doesn't necessarily mean that we disagree with it, just, you know, Yeshan, it's not a Gemara, it's uh, those that say. But, so Allah will assume like Rabbi Natan. 
Now, uh, now let's, let, let's transition from there into Pneumia. So it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing that this whole limitation, this whole mitzvah, this whole prohibition, all this is only like as limiting as it is, but it's only in a particular scenario where I'm just trying to get this object as collateral. But if I switch my thinking and I actually want Pirayan, it's completely fine. So, again, it's a Gezer Sakasa, thus is thus, you know. Maybe you could say because of Rachmanis. In Pneumius, where is this coming from? So we, we mentioned this last week, that the aside of this mitzvah in Pneumius, as the Kamaran explained, is coming from a fundamental aside, which is that the concept of halva. Let, 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 let's 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 take it. Ste- let's take a step back for a second, just for a few minutes. One of the other limitations of this prohibition is that this is only. That's what we've seen a few times. This is only when it comes to halva, when a person, when when when, when Shimon owes Ruvin money because Ruvin lent him money, and he wants to get paid back of his debt. That's when these prohibitions kick in. But if Shimon owes him money for something else, for rent, or for wages, or whatever. This prohibition doesn't apply. It's Davka Halva. What's the aside? Again, Kazarasakasov, but what's the So in Pneumius, the way to think of it is like this. Whenever a person does a mitzvah, what's halva? What, what's, what's a loan? We know that money in, in, in Tanakh we find this in many places, in the Sormak Daishim as well. Money, people feel, feel very attached to their money. Even more so than their objects sometimes. It's the money that they feel very attached to. So why is that? Even even in this in this parasha, the pasuk describes can nefesh huchayvo that a person's money is on some level connected to their soul. It's their soul. See, money money is is sort of everything and nothing. What is it? It could be anything. It could, it could turn it into whatever you want. But what it is right now is mamish nothing. In a certain sense, that's nishmas yisrael. Because what is the Jewish soul? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna speak quickly right now. And a lot of you said this over here. But the Jewish soul, in its very essence and very root, is nothing. All it is is a clear lens through which the Rabbani Shalom comes into the world. That's what Nishmas Yisrael is. Nishmas Yisrael is nothing. And so there's a very strong connection between Nishmas Yisrael and money. This is what the enemies of our people have picked up on this, right? And you could have, you know, you, you could have Yidin living in Shtetlach, and the Imamish have, no, have nothing. But the, the Kazakhs think that they have all the money. Well, what money? What? We're living in a hobble. They don't know what they're saying. But they pick up on some truth that there's some connection between Nishmas Yisrael and Kesef and money. Even the word Kesef, which is money, comes to the word Kisufim, which is long and desire. Nichsef Nichsafti. means the essence of who you are is your desires. Your desires express who you are in the deepest senses and your money as well. There's a strong bond between, the two, between those two things. And so let's think about this for a second. What is the Vedas Hashem? Every mitzvah that we do, there's a certain, um, there's a certain relationship, there's a certain... Uh, uh, system that's that, that's taking place with every single mitzvah, and that is through the particular mitzvah that we're that we're doing, whether it be Luv and Esther, Tefillin, Mezuzah, you name it, davening, learning. What you're doing is is that you're taking your neshama and you're taking things of this world with your neshama and you're bringing it to the Rebbeinu Shalom. Bring to the Rebbeinu Shalom. And kiviachal, kiviachal. It's almost as if it's almost as if the the higher world is is missing something, and they need. They're missing something. They need something. They need to. They need a loan. They need a loan. They need your money. They need your nefesh. All of Yiddish guys about mysterious nefesh. Every mitzvah that we do is about doing this act. Doing this act as a way to allow our nefesh to return to the higher world on some level without death, but on some level that tachtoinim that the lower world ascending to the higher world through the Jewish person performing mitzvahs. That's a loan. It's a loan. It's a person taking money and giving it to you. 
that's taking a part of my neshama and giving it to you. Every mitzvah is doing that. And, the perp- and, and so, the, so that's step one. And then what's step two? There's reciprocation. The halach is that when I give a loan, milva light sadnitna. Milva light sadnitna means that when I lend you $100, it's your $100 now. And then when you pay me back, you're paying me back now with your $100. So an amazing thing just takes place with a loan. A part of me, I give to you. And in response, a part of you, you give to me. That's what, that's what, that's what halva is. And that's what mitzvahs are. Mitzvahs are, I give part of myself to God. And in response, God gives a part of himself to me. And the fundamental point of, of this mitzvah, as we saw last week, is to make sure that, the, that I don't force the issue, that I don't take a mashkin by force. And what we saw what that meant is by the Kamarna Rebbe, he explained that what it means is that when the Rabbana Shalom is giving me back, it could be in two ways. He can say, okay, you know what, fine, just here's, 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 here's money. Or the payment can be proper, which is he gives of himself. And we, we spoke about this, that the Indian of, of Hashem giving of himself with the gifts that he gives us. So he owes us kviyachal for the mitzvahs that we do. But there are way, but if, if we're not, if, if we violate this prohibition of taking the mashkin by force without the, without the, uh, without the leva being, wanting to give it on his own, then what, what the reverberation of that in, in heaven is that the Rabbani Shalom will pay us back for our mitzvahs, but not in the way that he's giving of himself. It's against his will, so to speak. And so what you'll receive are good things and payment, but it's not with the nefesh of the leva. It's not with the nefesh of the borrower. It's not with the nefesh of, of the Rabbani Shalom. It's against his will, so he'll give you good things. This is why, number one, it's Galva. And this is also why the, 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 the secret of Rabbi Tam is like this, because we explained that in the terminology of the Sermach this dynamic is the following idea. The idea is, is that you have HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shekhinah. Right? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu means who God is, Kivyochal, and the Shekhinah means the things that God, the, the side of God that he's, that he's giving to us. And what we want to ensure is that as we're receiving from the Shekhinah, that it comes with HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the same time. Again, Hashem Echad, Hashem is one. But these two sides that I'm not giving, like the Zark gives, gives a marshal of a person that's feeding a guest, which is face-to-face with eye contact, versus feeding a dog, where you just throw him a scrap from behind your shoulder without even looking at the dog. So both people, both, uh, not people, but both, uh, both guests are receiving. But one is receiving not just the Shechina, it's receiving from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through the Shechina. So there's a part of the Balabas, there's, a, there's, there's who the Balabas is, and then there's, then there's who he is as the provider of the guest in his home. So as the provider of the guest in his home, he's giving to the dog. But who the Balabas is, he's not giving to the dog. He's giving only, the, the, the side of him that's the provider and who he is are connected to each other when he gives his guest face to face. And so that's what we want to happen when the Rabbanu Shalom pays us back. We want the schar to come from kutjebrichu ushchinte, from the source, from the cause of all things, the Rabbanu Shalom himself, and, and the effect, and the shechina. That's what we talked about last week with Bezdin, right? That Bezdin is the source of the psak, which is the polyoitze. The shechina would be the psak, the Bezdin is the, is the HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the concept is we want them to be united in, pay, in, in, in halva. 
So in that context, the shita of Sefer HaTshumas makes a lot of sense. Not only is this necessary in terms of collecting the mashkin, but in terms of collecting the debt, the debt itself, all the more so. Because the whole idea is that the payment should, should not just be money, it should be coming, it should be a piece of the, of the loyve. And we want the, 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 the everything to be baratzen. We want everything to be baratzen. Not only do we want uh, the guy to get his money back, we want it to be in such a way where the loyve is giving of himself, and that has to be with will. And so... The Sefer Chumas makes a lot of sense. If we want to make sure that we are not just receiving from the Shechina, we're receiving from the Shechina with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it means that none of, the, of, of any money, of any schar being taken from a loan should be, should be compelled. It should all be Baratzim. So what's the side of Rabbeinu Tam? So the Kamar, the Kamar again doesn't talk about Rabbeinu Tam. He doesn't get into these details, but the Kamar makes a point. So you mentioned that the language of the Pasuk is very interesting. The language that the Pasuk always uses to describe this mashkin is not the word mashkin. <laughs> it doesn't use mashkin. It doesn't use, the word is avoid. Ayin, Bez, Tes. So the Kamaran says an amazing thing. Ayin, Bez, Tes is Rosh Tevis. Av, Ayin, Bez, Tes. You know what I mean? It means Ayin, Bez is 72. Right? Ayin is 70. Is, the base is 2. 72. Tes, 72 times 10. Ayin base test times. Okay? 72 times 9, which is test, equals Begimachia Targum. Targum is Aramaic. I can't, what in the world? So Targum, so on the Svarim like this, so this, it's, it's based on the Kisveri. The Kisveri describes that in, in language we have the similar dynamic of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shechina. HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shechina. Lashna Kaidesh. That's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's Kivyochel. Again, it's not Hashem, obviously, but it's reflective of who Hashem is. That's Hashem's language that He speaks, you know, when He's home. And then there's Targum. What's Targum? What's Aramaic? It's not the 70 languages. So it's still within the context of Kedusha. It's still within the world of holiness. But it's already moving out. It's how Lashon HaKadosh is, is expressed outwardly. So tar- Lashon HaKadosh is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Targum is the Shechina. That's why the word Targum also equals numerically the word Tardema, which means to be asleep. And Tardema is the, is, the, is the word that's used when it describes Adam being put to sleep to allow Chava to develop. Adam and Chava is also the same dynamic. Husband and wife, male and female. The male always represents the essence, and the female always represents how to take that essence and manifest it outwardly. How to take it to the next stage. Stage two, cause and then effect. Source, and result. And the keva always represents the shechina. Shechina is, 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 is feminine. The language, the word shechina is feminine. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is male. It's masculine. So the word targum, which is the shechina, is also the same as tardema, which is how Chava, the first woman, developed. So this, in other words, like this. In concept, the Sefer Chumas is correct. That the concept of taking, taking payment for a halva, any level of payment, it should always be brasim. But but Rabbeinu Tam's, the secret of Rabbeinu Tam is coming from the language of the word Ovid. That the word Ovid, it's Davka the Mashkin, Davka the Mashkin, which is, which is again synonymous with the word Ovid, the Ovid, which is Ayin Beis times nine, which is Gemachia Targum, is specifically addressing this. That it's Davka when an Ovid is taken against the will, that's the meaning of taking the Shechina away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
so it's, that, that that Indian that that problem which this prohibition is trying to avoid of taking the Shechina away from Hakadosh Baruch Hu and making that separation and getting things but not getting the source of it at the same time, it's specifically activated. That problem is is specifically activated when an Avoid is taken. Not when Piroyan is taken, but when the Ovit is taken. And this is something we find very often in Torah and Pneumus specifically, is that sometimes there's a focus on concept, and sometimes there's a focus on the language, on the Oisius. The, the Torah, there's a, there's, there's, uh, all of Torah in, in, on the deepest of levels is one long stream of divine names, and, 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 and the reality of these prohibitions are being manifest and activated based on the language of the Pasuk. And so in terms of the language of the Pasuk and the Gematrias, of the Psukim, the, the, the only time that the Shechina is being ripped away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu is only when the Avait is being taken against its will. Because that's what the word Avait means. It means the Shechina. In, the, that, and that's where Rabbi Natham is coming from. Whereas the Sefer Chumas is not focused on the language of the word. He's talking about the concept. The concept is we don't want, we don't want money to be taken from the life against his will. But in terms of, of the particular scenario that's Specifically in language, the Oisius Atayra being connected to the Shechina, it's Tafkar Binatam with the Avid, and so that's the that's the side over here, and this is um, and this is this is what's going on. That's why, in a certain sense, in a certain sense, this is what caused everything is uh, you know listen everything is uh, is on some level Zelu Mazasolakim. Because I'll say that the source of the destruction of the first base of Migdash was because because they didn't make Berchaz first before they learned. So everyone knows what type of, that's, that's such a huge error. So it's well known, the, the Bach, the Bach writes, that it wasn't like that's a big error. Them not making Berchaz first means that they, they looked at Yiddishkeit as just, just about reward, just about pras. But the Naisen, it was all about the Shechina, it was all about taking the Shechina, but by force. By, but, by, uh, but the Rabbani Shalom himself, they weren't really interested in. And that reflected in the, itself in them not making the bracha before learning. Learning represents all of Yiddishkeit, and not recognizing the giver of the Torah before you learn means that you're not interested in the giver, you're interested in the object, you're interested in the, in the pras. So in other words, on some level, the origin of Hormes Amigdash was the Jewish people violating this prohibition of entering the home to take by force the mashkin. So Midah Kineged Midah, the house of the Rabbanishon, was also taken by storm by the, by the nations of the world. The house of the Jewish people, the Beis Amigdash. So this is, this is, and, and this is ready, this is a little bit hinted to him, the Kamarin himself also, he says that by doing, by violating this prohibition, Chas Rishon, the cause is Hormes Amigdash. Probably something along these lines. By 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 not keeping Yiddishkeit with the with the ultimate objective of trying to have the Noisin Hatayra of making sure that the Yichud of Kuchibiruch Shchinde is intact. So by violating that, that's the prohibition of Don't rip the Shechina out of the home against her will while she's in a state of Yichud with Kuchibiruch. By doing so. Mida connected Mida, the Musaylam are going to come and do such a thing like that. And that's and that's and that's what Khurmesanigdish is. So what's the tikkun? Okay. So tikkun is don't violate this prohibition. Don't violate it, the, the, the Pashtas. And it means also to make Virchasatara and to do and to keep all of Yiddishkeit, not to be Makalopras, but to be Makabal Schar. 
like we said last week, that schar already means I want the gifts of, of, of I, I want the Rabbanu Shalom's, I want, I want my money back, but I want my money with the rutzen of the loyva, I want it with the nefesh of the Rabbanu Shalom at the same time, and that's why I'm ultimately doing mitzvahs, to receive, to receive that reward, to have that hiskash of not the and that's ultimately what Yiddish gets about, you do that, you get the base of Yiddish back, as a Shemish Rizach to, uh, to experience that, but Paul Mamish, Rabbi Yitzchak, Tzadik, Amen. Amen. Thank you.